Hey, yo, Blake, drop that beat. It's your boy, Pablo, with the newest member of the DSSS family, Blake. Yo, Blake, what'd I say, bro? 2-1, Arsenal. Man, Pablo, I'm, I'm happy for you guys, but my analysis was way off. But, hey, Arsenal get the win. You're in Europe. All things looking up for Arsenal. I'm still buzzing, bro. Felt great waking up this morning being an Arsenal fan. Before the game, I looked at it. I looked. I looked at the betting line, and it was uh, plus two fifty for Arsenal. I mean, being the dog, and I had one voice telling me, "Put the money on Chelsea. They're the better team. They're gonna win." And I had another voice telling me, "It's the FA Cup. Trust in Arteta." So I had two Benny Franks on me and put it on Arsenal. Thank you, Chelsea. You paid for Declan's daycare this week it was a good night we went to a wedding afterwards and i got to celebrate all night drinking rum and cokes i think i had like seven eight of them they think i'm uh celebrating the wedding but i'm actually celebrating the fa cup win let's go so all right let's get into this game so going into this game there wasn't much pressure for chelsea and because they got the job done the week before so this was basically, let's get some silverware and get ready for Champions League next week. Do you think that it was hard for Chelsea to get up for this final and be prepared? No, I don't think so. Um, you know, it's, it's a young squad. You look at a lot of those guys that are playing. Um, a lot of them don't have, you know, a lot of trophies or wins under their belt. You know, Blissick and Mason Mount, you know, they're, they're trying to make their name and, you know, show that they're, you know, stars to come. So, um yeah, I think they had something to play for. Um, didn't play like that, but you know, I don't know if you know, there was a lot of pressure. You know, they you know, they didn't really care about the game. I think there was some young guys looking to make a major impact and be you know disappointed with the end result. Well, here's my thoughts. I think Lampard needed to get the trophy because at the end of your career, what do you look back on? Do you think that it's going to be they're going to look back at how many times you qualified for Europe? Or are they going to look at your trophy cabinet and see how many silverware you have in there? And as a young manager, you want to start off on the right foot. And you want your team to believe in you. And you want trophies to back it up. And I think that, I think that Lampard got it wrong and needed to win this for his uh, credibility. Yeah, I think those are fair points. Um, yeah, I think, you know, definitely fair to say. No one's going back and saying, hey, was... Sir Alex Ferguson, a good manager because he qualified for Europe. You know, time after time, it's, well, he won the UPL, he won the FA Cup, he won, you know, whatever cup they were playing for. So, um, yeah, I think the big thing is, you know, if you would have told, I think, most Chelsea fans coming into the season that they would have finished in a Champions League spot, no trophies, I think they would have been content with that. Um, yeah, I think it's huge for Arsenal to get the trophy just, you know, where they where they ended up at the season, transitioning a coach mid-year, um, definitely think a huge plus for for Arteta and Arsenal, um, but I think overall Chelsea and Lampard will say job done to qualify for Champions League. I think the only person, the only coach that uh, can look back and see how many times they qualified for Champions League is Arsene Wenger, but that's because he didn't have any support and that was basically a win for him if he won in there. 
and that's just how standards were so low for him. That's just the ownership because they wanted they wanted the money. Silverware didn't matter. Pablo still drinking that Kool Aid no matter what. <laughs> Anyways, so when Arteta came in, he just switched things around. He got them mentally prepared. He got them playing the way they needed to be playing. Uh, he took what he had and he made it to uh, fit his tactics. So him going into this game and winning this trophy means a lot. Not only to all the Arsenal fans, to the players, to the club, but for him to come in here six months, win a trophy, and qualify for Europe is awesome. And he's going to be going on the right track. Yeah, and I think it's big for... You know, obviously, last episode we talked about, you know, are they able to keep Aubameyang? Um, and then even just, you know, the recruitment of players, while they don't have a ton of money to spend, you know, young coach already doing things the right way, winning a trophy, already, you know, back into Europe when it looked like that wasn't, you know, possible, you know, a few weeks ago. So, um, you know, love Arteta, love the style he played. I think he tactically... He, he he outsmart you know outsmarted Lampard in that game. Um, I think the biggest thing was you know will he have the support to buy the players that fit the system he's trying to run. So first half, Pulisic gets the ball, dominates that midfield, makes a pass to Mason Mount, Giroud makes it a clinical finish right in the corner. Uh, Arteta's on the bench, probably shitting himself. Like, if it was that easy, this shit, this is going to be bad. Like, this is going to be bad. I'm, I look at Ann and I'm like, I'm going to need to get a beer. This is, this isn't going to be, uh, this isn't going to be good. So, got my beer, came back. Pepe gets that goal. Goes 1v1 one, goes one with the defender, gets that goal, and it's just off sides. But it was a clinical finish. It was great. Goalie had no chance. Uh, whistle blows for the for for the water break, and Arteta gives a speech. What do you think he said in that speech? I think you know after they went down that goal in the fifth or sixth minute, whatever it is, Arsenal dominated the rest of the game. So I think by the time they got to that water break, he was saying, "Keep doing what you're doing." You know that. That little passage of play with that Pepe finish was was nasty. I mean, a couple, you know, inter, you know, passes, you know, nice little setup, and that's a great finish, even though it was offsides. But, but yeah, you know, I think by the time they got to that water break, they were dominating most of the play. Um, so I, I think he probably told them, "Keep doing what you're doing. Our time's going to come." You know, and, and just you know, they were attacking down their left side. They clearly had that tactics to play to play long, to play direct, um, you know, and go after the right side of Chelsea's defense. They clearly thought um, they had a pace advantage with Aubameyang um, and, and the other winger you guys are playing. So um, I think you would have been pretty happy with the way they were playing, even though they were down a goal. Aubameyang gets a breakaway, not a breakaway, but uh, he gets a long ball. He, he takes it in. Aspilicueta puts his arm around him. Is it a PK? Because the foul started happening outside the box, but it initially ended in the box. I'm fine with it being called a PK. I thought it was a little soft. Though. Aubameyang seemed a little out of control, and I, I know um, I know he has arms draped around him. He's pulling him a little bit. But, man, he was veering to the opposite direction of where the ball was going. So I think it was a little soft. 
if it's a penalty, it, was, it had to have been in the box. But um, all in all, I guess I'm okay with the PK. If I was a Chelsea fan, I'd probably be pissed off today. Um, but I, I think as you know, a neutral, you could say uh, it's probably borderline um, and close enough for a penalty. Second half, Pulisic gets a breakaway. He starts screaming as he shoots. What, what's going through your head? I, you know, I think I saw on Twitter somebody, there's a chant that's apparently he scores when he's healthy. Um, you know, and I, it, one, I thought he was going to score on that run. I mean, he, he diced up a couple guys and, you know, he's like, all right, he's got, you know, space on his right foot. He's going to bend it into the far corner goal. And then you see his, this grimace on his face and you can clearly tell um, his hamstring went on him and just so disappointing to come back and, you know, he had to be one of the hottest players in Europe right now, the way he's been playing. Um, you know, I think Chelsea suffered um, without his directness as, you know, he had to be subbed out again. Have you ever had a hamstring injury like that when you played? No, no. And I don't, I don't know how. I never stretched, fat, ate chicken tenders and drink pop. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know what it is. It, it's amazing to me that, you know, there's so many soft, soft tissue injuries in the EPL with, you know, the nutrition and the training that all these guys have. I don't know, maybe I couldn't run fast enough to, to pop my hamstring or something along those lines. But, um, you know, it's the rash of injuries that Chelsea had throughout that game. You know, that's that's tough to combat and, and come out on top. I tweaked my hammy when I was in co- when I was in college, and it took me like like three weeks just to come back just to heal it right. That's just tweaking it. That's not pulling it or anything. So if he actually pulled it or teared it, oh, man, this is going to be a long recovery road for him. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only positive is, you know, they have one more game left most likely, but they're, you know, they're done for the season at this point. Um, So he's got all summer to recoup. I guess not all summer since it's August already, but, you know, disappointing to see him go down with an injury when he was playing so well. Bellerin gets the ball, takes it down, passes it to Pepe. Pepe takes it towards the middle, passes it to Aubameyang. Aubameyang dices Zuma. Nice little chip to the far post. Clinical finish. 2-1. Arsenal. What do you think when you see your uh, defender just get diced up like that? I mean, he just undressed Zuma. I mean, he squared him up and left him in the dust and... I don't even think Zuma stuck a leg out. He barely knew which direction he was going. And so it was a class move. Um, and just Aubameyang's pure class, you know, when he, gets, when he has the ball around the box. And, you know, what a world-class striker, world-class goal to score. Um, you know, big goal, captain's armband. Um, you know, he didn't look like he was going to let uh, Arsenal lose that game from, you know, about the sixth minute on. Can you believe that this is his fourth trophy in his career? Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's disappointing for him to be able to, no matter what team you put him in, he just scores goals, scores goals. Um, you know, seems like a good guy in the locker room. Seems like his teammates, you know, love him. You know, it's, it's one of those guys that you want you want to be successful because um, he seems to do it the right way and just, you know, pure class with the ball at his feet uh, um, anywhere around the, the box. There's some fishy calls out there going in Arsenal's uh, favor during the game. And I'm just kind of sitting back kind of laughing because now I'm like, you know, this kind of feels good. I mean, 
when, when what game can you say that Arsenal got calls in their favor? I can't think of one. And I was like, oh, this is what it feels like to be a Manchester United fan or a Liverpool fan to get the calls like this all the time. I, I was okay with the penalty. I had some questions. Um, I thought the red card was ridiculous. The second yellow. Um, I, I think you could you could make the the argument for Taylor. His live probably looked like he he stomped on his foot. Um, just just the way he came down, but yeah, it's it's a foul. I don't think it's a yellow, and definitely not a second yellow. Um, you know that that really changed the game. Um, you know with Chelsea playing with ten men with you know twenty minutes left. Um, but yeah, it feels good as a Manchester United fan. I think it's this was you know we led the the league at penalties this year. I think it was a like a record for penalties. Um, and then I saw on Twitter today. I think Jaden Sancho forced nine penalties. Um, in the Bundesliga this year. So if we can, if we can add him to the squad, you know, maybe next year we'll have like 25 or so. So, you know, we won't even need to score goals. You know, we just need to hit hit some penalties. So when Martinez came out and, uh, hand got that ball, he was clearly over the 18 yard line when he got that ball. And, uh, do you think that they would have called that, that that would have changed the game at all? I mean, there's like three minutes left. It would have been what a, uh, a red card, and it would have been down to 10-10. Arsenal would have had to made a sub. Leno would have came on. I don't think it would have made anything, but what are your views here? Yeah, I mean, to get back to level, you would have had a, a good free kick and a good spot. Um, I think there's a foul. Um, or a, It wasn't called, but I think there's also a foul by Pepe right at the edge of the box, which would have been an ideal free kick situation, especially down a man. Um I don't know if your your hopes and dreams of winning a a cup are based off hitting a free kick from you know twenty twenty two yards out. You're probably not the better team anyway. So um, I don't know. Think think it could have been a red card. Should have been a red card. I don't think it has any impact on the game overall. Just where the game was at. But you know, world class players, you give them you know a, a free kick. You know, within a goal scoring opportunity, at least there's a chance. But um, Overall, Arsenal were the, the better team, and I think they would have won regardless of how it played out. So where did Lampard go wrong? Yeah, I think it was more about what maybe Arsenal did right. You know, they had – you could tell from from the go that they were going to attack down their left side, and they felt like they had um, either their – you know, I don't think it was a numbers advantage, but I think they thought they had an athletic advantage over, you know, the right side of, of Chelsea's defense – uh, and they played Jarrett, um, and they went after it over and over and over again. Um, you know, it forced an injury, it forced a, a penalty. Um, you know, so I think I think that worked well. Um, I think the only thing maybe for Chelsea was as they tried to build everything through the back, and it was so slow, so many, so many, you know, square passes, back passes. You know, anytime they really had it. Arsenal was able to actually, you know, get back, get in formation, um, you know, kind of move side to side. And, you know, Chelsea was just playing, you know, too slow, no counterattacking. Um, so, so for me, that that's where they, they really went wrong. Um, you know, they couldn't get the ball to Drew's feet for him to play this back to his goal, pulled the ball up, let them get it out. Um, you know, it looked like Louis Van Hall's Manchester United. We're going to play, you know, seven square passes every time we, we pass the ball forward. Um, what do you think, Pablo? If you're going to dress Conte, even if he's has a knock or whatnot, you 
A 75% Conte is still better than all of Arsenal's midfield. If you look at some of the stats for uh, Pulisic, he played a lot of minutes in this, what, this last month. I think maybe he played a little too much. And him pulling that hammy could have uh, been due to how many minutes he played within a month. I'm not sure if he got it wrong because I don't think he had a choice. Because he had to do two subs early than he would have liked to. And then he had to bring on another sub towards the end that he didn't he didn't want to either because of the red card. If he would have got some calls and no injury, this could have been a different game, different outcome for Chelsea. said pretty clearly on the last episode, I thought Chelsea had better players, which is why they won. Um, you know, but Arsenal played, played very well. Um, I think they tactically got it right. Um, I think they went for the win where Chelsea, you know, uh, I don't know if it was lack of energy uh, maybe dry, whatever, whatever it is you want to call it. But, you know, they looked a little passive there in the middle of the game. Um, I think Arsenal took advantage of you know, on our In our group chat, you know, I was saying, you know, if Arsenal could have got another goal there at the end of the first half, I think it was game over then, just the way they, they dominated the last 25 minutes of that first half. Um, all in all, I think they just tactically got that right. I think their players across the board played well. I didn't, you know, really see anybody needs a weak link or, you know, not having a great impact on the game from a starter standpoint. I think Arteta just got it right from start start to finish. I'm excited, man. I'm 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 so excited to see where this goes for Arteta. I I think the players love him. They trust in him. If he can just come in here and win a trophy within six months, imagine what he what he what he can do with a, a preseason and uh, some money behind him. Uh, I think that they just need to uh, get that contract locked up with Aubameyang and then uh, sign some players. I saw that, uh, uh, was it, the rumor right now is uh, Coutinho and uh, Zaha, but Zaha's been linked to Arsenal for like three or four years now, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I saw the the Coutinho links. Um, Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, you know, Keep in a bombing. Just the ability to have somebody who can consistently score goals, you know, in a top flight. That's that's the difference between third or fourth to twelfth, and you know, a league like the Premier League. Um, you know, I think it starts and ends with keeping him on the team, and you've got to pretty much do whatever it takes to, to keep your, you know, to keep one of the best goal scorers in the world on your on your roster. I think the one thing Arteta needs to work on is uh, beating the the weaker links. I mean, he can beat the. The Manchester United's, the uh, Liverpool's, Man City's, but he can't beat the Aston Villas and the Watfords and teams like that. Yeah, which, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, to me, that's probably a good problem to have. If you're able to beat the top six clubs and, you know, maybe it's a lack of focus, uh, maybe it's just a lack of some of the guys, you know, always understanding the the game plan or something along those lines. Um, Or it could just be as simple as, you know, some of those games against lower-level teams, they're playing a little more free, a little less structured. Um, you know, they have a little more breakdowns. But, you know, I think it's, it's probably a good promise to have to, you know, beat Chelsea, beat City, um, you know, play against the big clubs and have consistent results um, and then figure out how to beat the Aston Mills of the world because you're clearly, you know, a more talented team. We're going to throw a new segment out there. And we're going to call it the Jabroni of the Game. So... Blake, hit me with your jabroni of the game. All right, my jabroni of the game is Anthony Taylor. Um, I think the PK was a little soft. I think the red card was ridiculous. Um, 
I mean, there's a couple more, you know, fouls during the game and definitely could have called uh, on Arsenal to give Chelsea a chance in the game. So I'm going with Anthony Taylor for not allow, allowing the last, you know, 25 minutes of that game to at least be played 11 on 11. My jabroni is going to be a bum the yang. Right before they're about ready to give the pitcher, he drops the trophy. It breaks. Uh, he acted like he had no clue how to manage that trophy. And it was it was hilarious. So I'm giving Obama Yang the jabroni of the game just because he uh, he dropped the trophy that he won it for Arsenal. Well, yeah, now that I know he's only won four trophies, probably didn't know what the hell he was actually doing. He didn't know what it, you know how to act. What does uh, Arsenal need to address for next season? Obama Yang's got to stay. I mean, that's, that's step one, two, and three. Um, and, and they just got to let Arteta buy buy players that fit, fit the system he wants to run it. You know, I don't, to me, it's not even, I'm not too concerned with any individual position. I think you got to let him, you know, go out and get players that he needs, um, you know, trust his evaluation and the scouts. And I think he needs the financial backing to continue to build them, you know, back to the, where they were, you know, six, seven years ago. I want to see an attacking mid come in, a Bunnings contract renewed, and I want to see maybe a couple more defenders come in. Once we get those, I think that uh, hopefully we'll be in top four competing. I think I think you guys just need an influx of, of talent. Um, you know, you've got some older players that probably are ready to move on, Ozil's, you know, specifically, but... You know, I think I think you could definitely see, you know, when you're counting on David Ruiz to be, you know, or your best center back, that's not where you want to be. So definitely could see some, some investment in that defense. All right, so we got Champions League coming up. Uh, Chelsea plays Bayern Munich. After seeing this game, what do you think their chances are going against Bayern? Slim to none. Um, you know, they're already down 3 nothing from the first leg. Um your captain's out, plus X Ben arguably your best player. Um, I like Byron probably dominates the game and you know, one two nothing two nothing victory and Chelsea's out of the out of Champions League. After watching that game, I think Lewandowski just probably splooged everywhere. It's like I'm just gonna light him up. Yeah. So I be four nil, five nil. I, I think they just dominate the game. Yeah, well you know, they couldn't keep up with the speed, you know, on Arsenal's left side, and now they're going to go up against Alfonso Davies, who's arguably you know the the fastest player in Europe. Um, you know he's going to eat on that right side of that defense, and you know Lewandowski scores score goals against everybody. So um, I think they're going to win a couple. You know one two nothing. Um, hold up onto the ball. Uh, um, you know they've got such a big big first big lead. I don't think you're going to see much out of Chelsea in this game. I think the only way it gets interesting is if they score first. All right, so let's go into our final thoughts of the episode. Yeah, final thoughts for me. Um, I got I got my my uh, you know my first out on a limb pick way wrong. Um, Arsenal were the much better team. You know, after that first goal, they dominated. You know, the next eighty minutes. Um, you know, a little disappointed, and you know some of the injuries for Chelsea. Um, you know, I think think the referee could have. Could have done some things to keep keep them a little closer in that game, but overall, Arsenal were the much better team. Um, and thank God I didn't put any money, you know, down on the game. So, um, what, what do you think, Pablo? 
Arteta gets his first trophy as manager, qualified for Europe. This drops Spuds into the second qualifying round for Europa League. And these guys are, they're all happy right now. It's, it's just, it's a great way to finish a piss poor season. Eighth place was unexcusable on any standards for Arsenal. Uh, Europa's not where we want to be, but I guess we'll take it for Arteta being there for six months. Hey, I'll take it. Make sure you guys keep listening and uh, looking out for the DSSS pod to be dropping. Uh, we will be uh, dropping one on Wednesday for the MLS semifinals. So be creative, be original, drink some beers, tell your family, tell your friends, and this pod is only going to get better. So don't be a fool and wear your mask. <laughs>